0: Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. Hey guys, it's Alana and welcome back for another episode of Seeing Other People. And not only do I have to welcome you back to the show, I have to welcome our guests back because we have a crazy thing happening here. This is our first ever three-peat guest. And yes, Woo! I'm using the word three-peat on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> Allie, welcome back to seeing other people.
1: Hello. I am so honored to be your three-peat guest and very, very honored at the inside joke reference.
0: <laughs> I, I was like thinking about this five minutes ago. I'm like, okay, how am I going to introduce Allie? Like, you know, this is the first time somebody has come back for a third time. And then it just hit me. I was like, oh my God. Repeat. Here we go. It's it's perfect. Uh, (laughs) For those of you who do not know Allie, which I mean, I don't know how you would not know Allie. And I don't know why you 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 absolutely should know Allie. You need to know Allie. (laughs) Um, Allie Jackson, aka Finding Mr. Height. She is absolutely amazing. And, you know, somebody that I totally look up to in the dating space and the podcast space. And Allie, I'm so honored to have you back here and talking about this really, really important topic.
1: Thank you for having me. I, when you posted the story about like, does anybody have egg freezing stories? I hilariously was like typing into the input box on Instagram. And then I was like, I have her phone number. Like I should, I should probably <laughs> just text her. So then I, I saw don't end up just like, like,
0: yes, perfect.
1: Yeah. Like, yeah. So I don't end up just like one box of all of the like input things that I'm sure you get, but I'm very, <laughs> very excited. Um, we, haven't done an egg freezing pod for on finding mr height yet we keep meaning to and so i'm just like so excited to talk about this
0: i love it and and i love that you're here to talk about it i mean there were a bunch of people who reached out and thank you to everyone who reached out like i appreciate that so much the fact that you are be like willing to be open and vulnerable and share your story but i just i know Allie that like you're gonna leave no stone unturned in how you <laughs> tell this and and share the things that people really need to hear and i also really love that this is a topic that I'm um, recording because someone, one of you DM me and asked if I knew anyone who had done this. And I honestly hadn't t- to my knowledge. So I yeah. had to post a story about it. And then I had some of my friends even texting me being like, I'll talk to this person for you. And, you know, it's one of those things that I feel like people don't talk about publicly enough, which is why it's so important that we do talk about it and do, you know, educate people about it. And I mean, I'm excited to get educated during this episode. And I'd say to anyone who's listening, you know, if you don't think you're planning on freezing your eggs or if you're a guy and you're like, well, I don't need to know this. It's like, well, somebody, you know, and somebody who's close to you might be going through this or might want to go through this. And so it is really important to know about it and to learn about it. And, you know, I mean, Ali, you're going to be the one to share all the knowledge here because I do not know about it. So I'm just, I'm really I, excited.
1: Yeah, me too. Can I make a qu- quick unrelated interjection?
0: Absolutely.
1: I just got my B Real notification and this thing is like um, fucking crazy. Oh my God. So, oh my God. will you be my B Real?
0: Please. Why didn't I get the notification? You didn't get your notification? No. Also, why, how are we not friends on B Real? Uh, I was going to say that too. Also, how can I be real if I'm not getting the B Real notif? I,
1: I saw a TikTok <laughs> recently where the, it was actually a podcast of these two guys. Okay, before I say this, I'm going to be real. Ready? Um, we were just
0: so real, you guys, so so real, so
1: real. Um, where these two guys were talking about be real, and they were like, "Be real, it's giving prison." <laughs> like, and they were talking about how like it also the app doesn't function. Yeah, it's, it's a tough app. It's a terrible app, and they're like, "If you're gonna tell me that I have to post in two minutes, or you're gonna mark me as late, like you have to function."
0: Yeah. Speaking of which, I just went to my be real feed, and it said tap it said i have to post in order to view and it's like well you didn't tell me to post so didn't let me post buddy three two one yeah we're going real again oh i totally messed this up and look what i did (laughs) i was focused on you and not me i have to i have to do this again hold on we have a minute and 21 seconds all right all right all right all right um go 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 People who don't know what B-Real is yeah, like, are what like are freaking, these freaking out right now. And we're crazes? completely leaving this in the intro. I love yeah, it. Great. Um,
1: but yes, I, I am very excited to talk about this topic because obviously I had talked about it a lot publicly when I was going through egg freezing, which we'll get into all the timeline and stuff, but it was last March, March of 2021 or April actually it turned into, I posted about it every single day um, and everything I was going through. So in case I forget to say this later, I have a story highlight. On my Instagram at Finding Mister Height, it is very long. It is there is so much information there. I, I will a little bit of a warning. I did do my shots live, and those are in those stories. So if you don't want to see that, it, the, the highlight might not be the place for you. But I obviously talked about it publicly. But when I was doing that, I got so many DMs from women who went through it and were like, "Wow, I didn't really have anyone to talk about." This too, when I did this. It's so great that you're sharing it. Like, I felt like alone in the process. And I hope that we can make some people feel not so alone.
0: If you are anything like me and you are going on a date, you're probably like nervous, but also excited, but just like really want to have a good time, don't want to screw anything up. And you get like the pre date jitters. Um, For me, there were two things that I would do to help with those pre date jitters, I would always call a friend for a little pump up speech. And I would also take a happy gummy from mindset wellness CBD before my date, it would help me stay in the right mood being excited being present. But it would also take away that layer of nerves that was going to stop me from being my best self on the date. I love the happy gummies. They are incredible. They taste great. They don't make you feel high or anything like that. They just make you feel like the best version of yourself. So try them today. Definitely recommend trying them before a date mindsetwellnesscbd.com use code seeing other people at checkout that will get you 20% off and free shipping. I have no doubt that we are going to do that. Um, so, all right, let's kind of start with just a little, you know, science lesson here what is egg freezing? And yes, I actually copy and pasted the answers to these (laughs) two questions in my notes, which is why it's very interesting, guys. In my notes, there was literally a wrong body part and Allie corrected it. (laughs) And that wasn't me, though I don't know the difference. (laughs) Maybe, (laughs) I kind of do, I do. The internet led you astray. (laughs) The internet confused the urethra and the uterus. It's still wrong in the doc, by the way. Yeah, I'm aware. Okay. Um, Okay. I I could I checked off your comment, but I didn't. Okay. <laughs> um, anywho, what is egg freezing?
1: So egg freezing is a medical procedure by which you preserve a woman's eggs um, and you put them on ice, literally. And so basically what it does is it enables women to postpone pregnancy to a later date by preserving eggs at the age that you're at. So and I also want to preface this by saying, obviously, well, maybe this isn't obvious. I'm not a medical professional. The information that I'm about to say is based on what I have learned through my own experience.
0: And, and the information talking... I'm about to say is based on absolutely nothing and my lack of knowledge.
1: <laughs> well, so the way the way that it was explained to me when I was going through the process is that you, when you are born as a woman, you have or as like a female I suppose I should say um, you have all of the eggs that you're ever going to have and these eggs are being released with your monthly cycle they're also like dying I think to the whatever the you know ways in which that happens is you have fewer and fewer eggs as you age in addition to that, the quality of those eggs deteriorates as you age. So there's higher chances of chromosomal abnormalities, of like an egg not, you know, reaching maturity, et cetera. And so when you freeze your eggs, you are freezing, you know, 30-year-old eggs or 31-year-old eggs or 32-year-old eggs. And so then when you go to use them later, if you end up using them later, you will now have the quality egg that you had at that age versus the age that you are when you get them, when you use them.
0: Mm-hmm. What, you know, because that makes me wonder why people don't just do it very early on, like when they're in their late teens or early 20s, when their eggs are ripe and, and fresh and great. But I know from Google that according <laughs> to a 2015 study in the Journal of Fertility and Sterility, ster- sterile, yeah. sterility, yeah, sterility that um, the optimal age for egg freezing is between 30 and 34.
1: I think that's for a couple reasons. So when I went and I got my first fertility assessment at 32, I froze my eggs at 34. The reason I didn't freeze my eggs at 32 is because of COVID. I was going to, um, but so it's not because I decided to wait. Um, so when I went, they showed me a lot of graphs from studies like those that that show the like quantity and quality of eggs on average at different ages and there are times when there are pretty significant cliffs. And so the way that it was explained to me is the reason why there is little added benefit to freezing eggs between before age 30 is that there isn't that much difference between your the quality of your eggs at 25 and the quality of your eggs at 30 Got and it. the chances that you'll need those eggs are a lot lower. So there's mm. like a high cost associated with egg freezing, which we'll get into later, and it's also a medical procedure. It's not risk free.
0: it's, yeah, it's not cheap either.
1: It's yeah. not cheap, and it's it's not risk free. It is yeah. surgery, and so I think the the return, like the ROI, the return on your investment, both from a med- from a financial perspective, but also health, just isn't there until your 30s, from yeah, what I understand. That-
0: that makes sense. Wow. I've never thought of ROI in a situation that was not like at a corporate company desk job. Um, I, in a I talk about it in dating all the time. That's really funny. I, I, I like, never like, think of it that way. I'm in corporate America and look. At yeah, exactly. It, so. Exactly. Um, okay. So when did you, you mentioned that you originally were going to do it when you were 32. What led you to decide like, okay, I want to freeze my eggs. Or did you even know at first, like, that it was something you wanted to do, or did you you know, go to a consultation and decide that it was something you wanted to do? How did you get to that decision?
1: So I, it wasn't on my radar at all. I ended up at a women in business conference. And at that conference, there were a lot of vendors that had booths. And one of those vendors was a company called Kind Body, which is a fertility clinic. And ultimately, the fertility clinic where I ended up freezing my eggs. Um, and they had a booth and they were offering free fertility assessments at that conference.
0: That's awesome.
1: It was very cool. And typically those fertility assessments are a few hundred dollars, unfortunately, which is ridiculous. Unfortunately, generally insurance doesn't cover them and they're not part of your annual exam, which I think understanding our fertility should be just standard, but that I digress. Um, so they had they were doing it for free so i literally got my blood drawn behind like a little curtain in this giant convention center at this women in business conference and they talked me through all of the stuff we were just saying about you know timing and the graphs and the stats and all that and based on all of that i decided that it probably made sense for me to do it i was single at the time and even beyond that knew that i didn't want kids within the next at least five years Mm -hmm. and because of both of those things it it made sense to me and so I you know continued having conversations with them and ultimately decided to do it and then I think I ultimately decided to do it in February of 2020 if I remember correctly and oh what a time what a time and (laughs) so obviously that did not work out so we revisited in 2021
0: You guys know that I struggle with confidence. I'm always my biggest critic, and when I notice something about myself that I don't like, I can't stop fixating on it. I'm working on all of this, but it can be hard. A year ago, I noticed that my hair was thinning, and I was finding more and more strands of hair on the floor every time I would walk around my apartment. When I would look down in the shower, I would freak out at what I saw in the drain. That's when I opened up to my best friend, who happens to be a doctor. And she said two things that changed my life. The first was that she knows so many women our age going through the same thing. The second is that she told me to try Nutrafol. And so I did. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster growing hair with less shedding. A year later and a month before my wedding, and I cannot believe the number of people who have been complimenting how long, strong, and healthy my hair looks. I never imagined that this would happen. And naturally, as a result, my confidence has transformed. I'm no longer self-conscious when it comes to my hair. And honestly, that is a huge, huge, huge personal win for me. And you guys know I'm hilariously bad at sticking with habits and taking something every day or doing something every day. But with Nutrafol, building a hair growth routine is simple. Purchase online with no prescription required. Free shipping and automated deliveries ensure that you'll never miss a day. You'll see results in three to six months. And trust me, it is worth the wait. You can start so easily by taking their hair wellness quiz on Nutrafol.com for a personalized hair. Hair health plan based on your specific root causes. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering the Seeing Other People family $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code Seeing Other People. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and hairstylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com promo code Seeing Other People. That's Nutrafol.com promo code Seeing Other People. Their bracelets are so beautiful and elevated, and they also make amazing gifts. And I know because I have gifted a few over the years, and my friends were so excited to get one and have worn them ever since. There are six phrases to choose from. And if you're indecisive, there's a quiz that you can take to help you choose the perfect reminder for your anxiety. Plus, 5% of each bracelet is donated to your choice of four mental health nonprofits. I wholeheartedly love and support Presently and I know that your Presently bracelet will bring you as much comfort as mine has brought me. So head to presentlybracelets.com. That's p r e s e n t l y bracelets.com for 10% off your order using code seeing other people. All right. Yeah, that is so interesting that, you know, that booth was just there and you're like, okay, like I may as well learn about this because you know, I have questioned, um like should I be going and getting this test done and figuring it out. And then it's like, well, I don't know that many people who have done it. I don't know if this is the right age or not, but like every year that I get older, I'm like, okay, maybe I should be doing this, but I'm like afraid, I don't know. And so it's great that it was just like, that was there. And then you just did it.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, and some, a lot of insurance, more and more insurances are covering these types of things. <laughs> mine is definitely not. Mine <laughs> mine was not and, and is not at the time ta- at that time or this time, but check. You might as well check and because there's no harm even before 30. And in fact, I think it can be helpful to just start to understand your body and understand your fertility, even if it's just to understand how it all works and to know whether, you know, there might be something that you don't know about that you want to in how your body's working that could yeah. impact those types of decisions that you might make for yourself.
0: Definitely. I mean, I remember um, when I was in college, I had a friend who found out, and I, I don't want to say the exact medical reason cuz I don't want to like mess it up but for a medical reason she was told and she was like 21 that she was probably not going to be able to have kids oh, wow. and at that age that was something like when I found out I was like drunk and at a tailgate I started hysterically crying I'm like like what like there's nothing I can do to help her like I've never felt like this from a from, like, the perspective of, like, being a friend. Like, I don't know how to support my friend in this, like, especially right now. And I remember, like, calling my mom, like, being hysterical about it. And, like, that was something that obviously, like, you don't expect to find that out at that age. And then, you know, I had friends who ended up getting pregnant and needing an abortion when they were that age. And it was like, well, like we would joke being like, guess you're fertile. Like that's good news. (laughs) But like, obviously not a joking matter. Um, But yeah, there are so many things that can happen in our bodies that we don't know about. And so the fact that, you know, it isn't part of like an annual pap smear and an exam is beyond me.
1: I know. I I totally agree. So that's, that's why I originally did it. And then as I started to learn more and more about it, you know, with the age that I was at and you know, how I was feeling about wanting kids or not. It just, it made sense for me.
0: Yeah. So a lot of people wanted to know about, you know, we mentioned insurance and that it is an expensive thing. Um, A lot, there were a lot of questions about the price and obviously that's going to vary based on like what, where you're doing it, but what was your experience in terms of cost, if you don't mind sharing?
1: Yeah. So I did a lot of research on, obviously I did that fertility assessment for free with Kind Body because they were at the conference. I didn't decide to freeze my eggs with them based on the fact that they had a booth at this conference and did my fertility assessment for free. I did a lot of research on very, and we live in New York, so there are many, 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 many options. Not everybody is so lucky to have that many options. I did a lot of research on not only cost but also you know approach of different clinics, which we can get into later. Of you know a couple different approaches and why I liked the approach that mine took. Um, and Kind Body had one of the more affordable ones. It wasn't the only reason that I chose them. But one of the reasons is because it's sort of like, it's like the DTC model, direct to consumer model, like the Warby Parker of fertility, if you will, where they've cut out a lot of like overhead and middleman type Mm -hmm. stuff. Um, So my experience was their fertility assessments are $300 typically. I got that for free because of that conference that I was at. Uh, But I do want to mention that I, because of my experience with them, I do have a code And I did did recently confirm that it is still valid. Um, It is Mr. Height, M-R-H-E-I-G-H-T. And that will get you 50% off the assessment. So only 150 and then $1,000 off of a cycle. Amazing. So yeah, so that's that. So moving to the cycle. So that's, you know, relative to the whole investment, a pretty small piece of it, the assessment. What comes next varies a lot. And you'll see with different clinics, they'll give you ranges. And the reason is because cycles last different lengths of time for different people based on a lot of different factors. For me, my cycle was $7,000. That is on the lower end. I've heard it go upwards to $10,000. It it truly just depends. Uh, Somewhere in that range. Somewhere in that range, though, I would say. Um, Mm -hmm. And then, for, then you, in addition to that, you also have your medications. So the way that my clinic worked, I was buying my medication separately from a pharmacy because it was less expensive doing it that way for me. Um, and my insurance cover, covered a couple of them. Um, so I ended up spending $1,000 on medication. That also is impacted by how long you need the medication for because you're paying for, like, individual units of medication.
0: Okay. Got it. So, that makes sense. So, which
1: – I will take this moment to shout out that you should ask if you're going through this, one of the questions that I would recommend that you ask the clinics that you're, you know, interviewing for lack of a better word, is how do you make sure that people don't buy too much medication? Mm. And that's not that's not entirely possible because they can't know exactly how long you're going to need it because once we'll get into this later, but it, you you don't know when you start how long it's going to take you. So they can't exactly confirm it, but what my clinic did is they put in orders for medication every couple of days rather than all up front, and I picked a pharmacy that would deliver to me. So I had my medications delivered to me every couple of days so that I didn't have that much left over at the end.
0: Yeah, that's definitely smart, especially when there are so many different cost factors that are going in. Like You do want to save where you can, and that's great that they even suggested doing that or were open to it.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, and then the other thing, although many insurances do not cover egg freezing, something that I did that is available to most insurance plans is use your HSA or FSA health savings account, um, mm-hmm. or I don't know what the F stands flexible for. Flexible
0: spending account.
1: Thank you flexible spending account. Um, fully fund. So you can look into how to how to do those on your own time. But like I fully funded my HSA for 2021 knowing that I was going to freeze my eggs and then use that money to pay for it. So I'm essentially getting my tax rate as a discount.
0: Smart, smart, smart girl.
1: And I also, the other thing that I did to kind of like gamify this a bit, I scheduled my egg freezing for the beginning of the year. And I asked my clinic if there were medications that had a little bit of a longer shelf life, funded my HSA for the prior year to pay for those medications. Got it. Because typically, like HSA and FSA limits are going to be much lower than the total cost of this procedure.
0: Right. So that takes some forethought and
1: some planning, but
0: that's what I did. And now, and now everyone listening knows that is an option. So do that. Um, okay. So somebody asked, you know, given all of the cost factors that go into this, like how did you rationalize it to yourself? And they also said, how did you avoid allowing it to become a what if mental spiral?
1: Yeah. I mean, this depends so much on what your disposable income looks like. Like, I think it's really difficult when people ask, like, is egg freezing worth it? For me, it was 100%. But can I say that it is for somebody for whom that, you know, essentially nearly $10,000 would mean that they can't do a lot of stuff that they would normally want to that year? I can't answer that question for you. But what I did is I looked at, okay, if I spend this money on this, what would I not be spending on? Am I comfortable with that trade off? And if I think about the long term, there's two outcomes that would be like, quote unquote, bad. Obviously, the best outcome is that I pay for something that I end up using. Right. But there's two outcomes where I pay for it and I don't end up using it whether it's because I decide not to have kids or whether it's because I end up getting pregnant naturally. Because when I was talking to my doctor about it, she said that she finds that a lot of her patients that are my age end up using their eggs for their second child.
0: Oh, that's a good point. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Because like, you know, if
1: I I was 34, so like maybe if I have my try to get pregnant for the first time at 38, chances are still pretty high, you know. Right. But so that's one outcome. But then there's the other quote unquote bad outcome, which is where I am in, let's say my 40s, I decided not to freeze my eggs and I can't get pregnant and I'm wishing that I had. Yeah. And as I think about those two outcomes, I vastly prefer the one where I spent $10,000 I didn't need to than the one where I can't have children and I wish that I could have changed that
0: yeah, I agree, and I think that's a really good way to look at it. I'm curious, and I don't know if you know the answer and this is something I've never thought of before, but if that happens where the first option where you know you do it, you go through the process, you freeze your eggs and then you don't use them, are you able to donate those eggs?
1: My understanding based on what I was told is that you have to decide that before your cycle because there are things there's there are more stringent procedures required to be able to donate your eggs for research. You can, however, give them to friends and family without any issue.
0: Okay. So like
1: I have a friend who gave her sister her eggs.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh,
1: that's like a big, that's that's special a big thing, right? Because yeah. then you're going to know yeah. that person. Wow. Um, that's really
0: special. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Let's get into the actual process of it. So we talked about, you know, like the deciding factors. We talked about the costs. We talked about how you learned about it. What was the process like?
1: So I was not prepared for how much it would take over my life is the first thing that I will say about this process. So the first piece of it is that there are two, I mentioned there are kind of two approaches that I found that clinics take. Some clinics start all of their cycles at the same time, like all of their patients start at the same time. Some clinics start based on where you're at in your menstrual cycle. I preferred the latter. It just seemed, I'm sure like the, the, the first is medically fine. Otherwise all these clinics wouldn't do it. But I just like liked the feel of the latter. I liked the personal approach that that felt like I had. Like I wasn't just like patient 72
0: on right. Monday. Like this is about you
1: and yeah, your eggs. It's about me. Yeah. And like, that's honestly like one of the things I liked about my clinic the whole time was how much I felt like it was about me and my personalized journey.
0: Raise your hand if you have dating anxiety. All right, all right. I know that everyone has their hands up and I get it. Vermont-grown Sunset Lake CBD. Do you feel like you're at a crossroads in your love life? episode of Dateable, season 15, episode 10. Is it chemistry or anxiety? Guys, this podcast is incredibly relatable, insightful, and oftentimes hilarious. Wherever you start, Dateable will help you feel inspired to date differently and create a love life that works for you. You can subscribe and listen to episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts every Wednesday and Sunday. So check out Dateable and thank me later.
1: So, but for that reason, I didn't know when exactly I was going to start I was going in to get my blood drawn every couple of days to figure out where I was at in my cycle to find out when I would start. Got it. So there's a level of uncertainty that was really difficult for me to wrap my head around as a person who likes to plan her life out pretty deep in a detailed fashion. Yeah. So, like, that was the first piece. So then you're, then you're like cleared to start. And then from there is when you start your medications. So you're – and what medications you're on and how often you're doing them and when you're doing them vary from patient to patient based on your situation. But broadly speaking, I was injecting myself at first once a day with a couple different medications. By the end of the 10 days that I did this for, it was twice a day. The last time it was three times a day. And it had to be at the exact same time every day.
0: That is so hard.
1: Really hard. And in addition to that, about halfway through those 10 days, I started going in every other day and then every day to get an ultrasound. Wow. Because and was that at,
0: what something you wanted to do or that was like required?
1: No, that was required. So because wow. then what they're doing is they're measuring, they're using the ultrasound to measure the eggs that are growing to figure out when you're going to be able to have them retrieved because they – are like going to hit a certain? They have to hit a certain threshold.
0: Got it. So the and medication I, or what you're injecting yourself with is like getting them ready and like helping yes. them grow. <laughs> yeah, it's like
1: okay, hormone. They're food and hormones. water. Yeah. Yes, it's like a ton of hormones that are just like boosting your not only your egg production because typically you only release one egg a month, but it basically is just really like growing a ton at the same yeah. time and then making them grow really big and really fast. That is like a horribly bad medical way to put it, but like that's essentially what's happening.
0: But we're not all medical professionals here. No, yeah, Um, I will say again that I'm not a medical (laughs) professional, but that is
1: generally what's going on, and that was my experience, was that because I had to do it at the same time every day, sometimes twice a day, and because I had to travel to my clinic so often, it felt like my entire life was this thing.
0: Yeah. I imagine that a lot of people are – on the edge of their seat, hoping I'm going to ask about what it was like to inject yourself.
1: Yeah. um, So I did this fully by myself. Um, I wanted to do it by myself because I wanted to have that be the experience that I was showing to my mostly single followers that like, you can do this by yourself. Uh, My best friend was there one of the times sort of incidentally. Um, So, First, there's the medication preparation part. I knew that it was going to be hard to inject myself with a needle. I didn't expect it to be so hard to make the medication. So you have like all of these little vials and you have this these instructions. And KindBody did an amazing job of giving me like step-by-step tutorial videos, but it's so complicated. It's like a science experiment. You're mm-hmm. like pulling out a certain amount of one liquid putting it into a different vial, shaking that vial, turning that vial upside down, taking a different liquid. There's like 10 steps.
0: This is like us learning how to do our own COVID test, but on steroids. Yeah,
1: (laughs) like on hormones, like crazy. And at any given time, you could do something wrong and totally ruin the batch that you're doing, which I did twice. Oh my God. My clinic was very, very kind and had Mm -hmm. some extras that they were able to give me. That is not normal. <laughs> um, I made a thousand dollar mistake basically once, yeah, which I didn't end up having to pay. But like that, and so you're nervous because you know that this vial you're holding was like five hundred dollars, right?
0: Oh my god! Okay. So,
1: so all of that, and then you go to inject yourself, um, and that part sucks. I'm not gonna lie. I don't have an issue with needles per se, but I have a really low pain tolerance. Yeah. It it wasn't great, but I did it. I have a really low pain threshold, and I did it.
0: If Allie can do it, you can do it. Truly, truly. I am a baby. Everybody knows. (laughs) What were the side effects, if any, that you felt from these injections?
1: Yeah, so I was very lucky that I didn't feel very many hormonal side effects. Um, I should mention that I have an IUD, and um, some... Egg freezing clinics require you to take out your IUD before you go through it. Mine did not. Um, It's not like medically necessary to do it. It's one of the reasons I chose them as well because I didn't want to do that. So that might have had something to do with why I didn't feel any of the side effects hormonally. Like I didn't feel Mm -hmm. major emotion swings. I've heard a lot of people have dealt with a lot of emotion during that time. I, however, also an emotional thing. Well, yes, yes, but like I didn't feel like more emotional than I felt made sense. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Yeah. Whereas I've had friends be like, I don't know what was wrong with me. Like I was like flying off the handle at a moment's notice as if I was like the worst PMS of my life kind of thing. Yeah. I didn't have that. I did, however, get really, really bloated and sensitive. So you're injecting the same place over and over and over again. And even though they tell you to move like around your belly button so that you don't actually inject the same place, it's still right there it's very sensitive. And then your ovaries are fucking massive by the end. Like I looked pregnant Mm -hmm. by the end. And that's really uncomfortable.
0: Yeah. As somebody who has tummy issues and gets very, very, very bloated very, very, very often. Yeah. It's incredibly uncomfortable.
1: Yeah. And the other thing sort of from like a mental health perspective is I couldn't work out. And for me, that means play volleyball for, I I forget exactly how long leading up to it. I think it was a week and a half, maybe two weeks. It ended up being six weeks total that I couldn't play volleyball. You could do some light workout stuff, but not towards the end. And that was really hard on my mental health because that's a big outlet for me.
0: Yeah, it's like your stress relief and your form of self-care and fun. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, all rolled into one. Yeah. Okay, so it's time consuming. Obviously, there's a lot going on. We have the injections. We have the side effects. What happened next when you finished these 10 days
1: so you're go at this point I'm going in every day to find out like do I get to have my retrieval tomorrow which is also a little bit tricky because you have to take the day off work to do this retrieval and so it has to be a little bit flexible
0: what if it happens where it's like you go in on a Friday and they're like okay it's it's time but they can't do it till Monday like does that timing screw anything up I think that they build that in like they
1: kind of like know when they're able to do their procedures
0: yeah we I would't do this before yeah. you know yeah
1: um so and there's like a a window and then they give you this like trigger shot and then you have once you do the trigger shot you like have to get your retrieval within a certain amount of time, but got it anyway, so you're scheduled for surgery and you go and you get put under anesthesia it's like you're, you're fully out for this procedure you you have surgery they have they make you have a friend most places i've ever heard of make you have somebody come pick you up um we live in new york city so my friend came and we took an uber back to my apartment i took the subway there i don't recommend that it was really painful Uh, getting an uber just getting an uber um
0: Add it to the expenses. <laughs>
1: yeah, just add it. At that point, the extra like 50 bucks for the Uber or whatever it's going to be, that would have, that's what it would have been for me from Brooklyn. Like I, sh- I should have. It was very dumb to get on the subway in my condition, but. Um, and then you are recovering. So you spend a little bit of time recovering, like waking up from the anesthesia, but it's an outpatient procedure. So you go home. And then for me, so you're going to bleed, is like the thing that they, you know, told me I had to get buy pads for the first time since I was 16. Didn't know what those were like anymore um, because you're not allowed to use tampons initially. So I just laid on the couch and I used a heating pad. It felt like the worst cramps I've ever had in my life. Like it was pretty bad, but it only lasted a couple of days. It was okay. Um, and then I just felt very like sensitive for the next mm-hmm. couple of weeks
0: Physically, emotionally, both. Mostly physically. Okay. Like l- again, luckily like area, I didn't really yeah, have yeah. any. Yeah, but like the area, yeah.
1: I felt like this is like going to be a little bit graphic, maybe, but like I f- for for a few days after, I felt like my uterus was going to fall out of me. Like it just, I just felt very inse- It felt very like insecure. Got it. I didn't. I did not want to be standing. Like I wanted to be laying down. That is the only place that I felt secure. <laughs>
0: Yeah. And I can imagine, you know, for anyone, I I assume you weren't going into the office at this point, but I imagine that that would be really difficult to go through when you do have to be at work every day. Yes. My
1: retrieval ended up being on a Friday. So I was really lucky in that sense because I didn't have to even like think about work for the next two days. Yeah, Uh, But yeah, then, but in theory I could have worked the next day from my couch. Right.
0: Right. Makes sense. Okay. So when did you hear back from the fertility clinic about results how it went like what was that process like they told me that
1: same day they told me because they know immediately how many eggs they retrieve like you know this is literally how many we pulled out of your body they told me that when I was still in the recovery room okay um but they don't know until they like do testing how many they're going to freeze because they might not all be viable got it and so I think I found that out a few days later
0: Got it. And I know, um, you and I talked about this before we recorded, uh, there were a few listener questions about people saying like, how many eggs did you freeze? And I know you don't want to share that number, but I would love if you would explain why.
1: Yeah. So I actually don't, I mean, I don't share it with very many people at all, let alone publicly. Um, and the reason is because I think that it is so easy to try to start to compare yourselves to other people. And when I was starting to go through this process, I was deep in Reddit on like, how many eggs is normal to retrieve at age 34? Like, what do, how many should I want to retrieve? You know, oh, just so much information that could have ended up making me feel really ashamed. And I know a lot of people for whom it has made them feel really ashamed if they don't get the number that they think is quote unquote normal. And, you know, of course, have conversations with your doctor about probabilities, right? Like, based on my age, how many eggs do you think I need to freeze in order to have an X percentage chance of a successful pregnancy? Mm
0: -hmm. And they'll
1: give you all of those statistics. And that can help you make a decision about whether or not you want to do a second cycle. But trying to compare yourself to other people and hear about, oh, well, she got this many and she got this many and she got this many, I think that's a really slippery slope. So I, I don't share my number for that reason.
0: And I love and respect that decision of yours. I think that's really smart. And I think that reason is so spot on. Like, I can only imagine that this is such an emotional thing to go through and, you know, a scary thing to go through. And there's so many question marks and unknowns and life is so hard as it is. And we compare ourselves (laughs) so much as it is. And this is something that like, if you're able to do this and it works for you, like that's all that matters.
1: Totally. And I know you got questions about, you know, did the doctor recommend doing more than one cycle? And I think that's... the Generally speaking, in my experience, they didn't or wouldn't recommend more than one cycle. They would tell you, based on this number of eggs, here are the probabilities of a successful pregnancy at your Mm -hmm. age, based on the number of eggs you got at your age. I had decided going into mine that I was only doing one no matter what. Um, and I, I made that decision because I'm truly not sure I want kids and I actually lean more toward no the older I get. And I knew it was going to be hard and I knew it was going to be expensive and I just felt like one made sense for me. And if it if that meant it was a really low probability, then it's probably a really low probability that I have kids anyway because I don't know if I want them.
0: Yeah, that makes complete sense. And it goes back to you know your original point of like you'd rather do it and have the option. And if you don't use it, you did it and you had the option. Exactly. Because I I also imagine that obviously, like you talk about your dating life um, publicly for, you know, the podcast and and the content. I I just imagine like as it in a way, like it buys you more time. Absolutely. and, And takes the pressure off.
1: Yeah, it's made me. I never really was felt pressure from like a biological clock perspective, but probably because I don't know that I want kids. Mm -hmm. So I, for women who are absolutely sure that they do, it's very different. Um, but it's taken the clock part off the table. Yeah. And, you know, to your point about like sharing my dating life, I know a few listeners asked how, you know, does this come up with partners and kind of how do you talk about it? I'm very open about it and almost like It's not a big deal, blunt about it, but that's kind of how I am about most of the stuff in my life. So that that might just be a me thing.
0: How have those conversations gone? Like what has led into it and what have their reactions been? Because I know some people were wondering about that.
1: It's usually come out of a conversation about whether or not we want kids or like what our thoughts on kids are, which tends to come up for me in the first few dates because Mostly because I want to make sure that I'm not sitting next to somebody who is adamant about wanting kids,
0: mm-hmm.
1: because that's that person's not going to be a fit for me. Usually, when I talk about how I'm not sure, I will say, "Yeah, like I'm, you know, I'm not really sure if I want kids. You know, it d- definitely depends what my situation is. I actually froze my eggs last year, so they don't even have to worry about it right now.
0: Beautiful, like very Easy. casual. Yeah, I think that's the way to do it. I think, look, it's something that as women we sometimes like have to do and choose to do and it's something that you don't need to dance around it. Like you can just say like, yeah, I did this and that's yeah. it. That's
1: it. Yeah, exactly.
0: Because it has
1: it has nothing to do with them at this juncture.
0: No. It's
1: just something no. about me, it's something I'm sharing about me.
0: What about to that point, um, if somebody is in the early stages of seeing somebody and, you know, they had already been planning on going through this process or they were about to, and then they met somebody. What are your thoughts on, on kind of juggling that, like, c- communication? And do you involve them or not? What do you share about it?
1: So I had a friend actually deal with this recently where she was – I think she'd been on one date with a guy, and she was starting her injections, something like that. And she just told him. So the other thing is is that I didn't, I didn't drink during that time period – My doctor told me that I probably could have a drink or two, but I just didn't. Um, And so that impacted, I didn't date during that time because I just like didn't want to deal with that. But I have a friend who just said like, Hey, yeah, I'm not drinking right now. I'm actually freezing my eggs. Like, can we get coffee? And just, again, kept it super casual. Like if you position it as not a big deal, it is much more likely to be perceived as not a big deal. That's true about like everything, by the way.
0: Yeah. It's like, I'm getting my teeth cleaned. I'm freezing my eggs. Yeah. Freeze my eggs. <laughs> yeah. Freeze my eggs. Normalize freezing your eggs and Definitely. being open about it. Definitely. <laughs> um, okay. So actually one question I had, cause this is something I was talking to somebody. Um, I ran into my a neighbor of mine in my building who had seen my story of looking for people to talk about it. And, um, she had shared that when she went through it, um, it was really intimidating to her because the clinic that she went to was not just for people freezing their eggs. It was also, you know, a a general fertility clinic where Mm. everybody else in the waiting room was them and their partner there. And that made her feel like really isolated. And um, she did share the name of a clinic that her friend went to where it was just for egg freezing specifically. So it's all like, single people or people doing this on their own um, and it's called extend fertility. So I did want to shout that out, but I'm curious what your experience was like with that.
1: I think it was really mixed in at the clinic. I definitely, I definitely saw couples. I actually saw a couple find out that they were pregnant. That was really exciting. Well, to be clear, I didn't actually see them find out that was in private, but (laughs) but they like came out and there's like a whole like gift thing that kind body does. And it's a whole celebration thing. It was very, very cute. Um, but I didn't feel that way. There were definitely other single women in the waiting room. Like it, it felt very much like everybody was in it together. Mm -hmm.
0: What about when you weren't in the waiting room? Was it hard, like going through the process alone? I know you said like you wanted to show that you were alone just to show like, if you can do it, so can other people and, and to have that, um, supportive vibe about it. But was it something that was hard to do alone?
1: I think it would have been hard regardless. Um, it, it's certainly harder alone. I cried multiple times throughout the process. I like bawled hysterically on the phone with a nurse. Um, and, but I, I mean, I cry a lot, so it, it's not like a huge thing for me, but yeah, I think so. But that's why I think it was so important for me to pick a clinic where I felt really comfortable and why I wanted to look at a bunch of different clinics and talk to different doctors and different staff at different clinics, because I wanted to make sure that the place that I was going to be spending so much time and doing something so emotionally and physically vulnerable was a place I felt safe.
0: Yeah. I, I think that's really important. And I think that's something that I hope people take away. Like, don't just choose the first one or don't just choose, you know, it, it's great if one worked for your friend, but do your research too and make sure that that's the right one for you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. A few final questions. Um, Now that you've gone through this process, you know, you're a a year out of it. What do you wish you knew before you went into it?
1: I wish that I had known how much time it was going to take and like how much I really needed to dedicate to it in in addition to the actual cycle itself, the time around it when I had to adjust my life because of it and not mm-hmm. be traveling or, you know, not be playing volleyball, not be going out, you know, all of that stuff. I didn't really think about how much it was going to affect my life for, albeit a small period of time, but it just, I wish i thought about that a little more.
0: Yeah. It is crazy how medical things can be all consuming.
1: Yes, very much so. And like, I, I didn't end up timing it that well in hindsight. And I, I wish I had thought more about like how important the timing was.
0: Yeah that makes sense. Do you think that the timing situation and and how time consuming it was, was the most challenging part or was there something else that you think would take the cake there?
1: I mean, injecting myself was probably the hardest part. Like that, the whole process surrounding it, like uh, the hardest part probably was mixing the medications. (laughs) Honestly, also from an anxiety perspective, because like uh, my hands were shaking every time. Like I was worried I was like contaminating the field and then I was going to mix it wrong. Like there were just so many factors. And then, and then injecting myself with this thing that I did that could be wrong. Yeah, that's scary. Yeah, I mean, it turned out fine, but <laughs> <laughs>
0: it went okay. Yeah, it went okay,
1: but it I felt like it w- could have gone wrong.
0: I feel like I've never seen any type of like medical thing until now that's like like this, where you're like doing the chemistry, you're Bill Nye the Science Guy behind the scenes, and then just shooting it into your body.
1: Never. And I didn't know that I was actually, maybe I changed my answer to what I wish I knew about egg freezing. I didn't know that I was going to be doing that until it was too late to back out. Not that I would (laughs) have backed out, but like I didn't know.
0: Yeah. I wonder if anyone does. I mean, I imagine maybe people who are like deathly afraid of needles, but
1: yeah. I don't know. Like I I knew I was going to be injecting myself. I didn't know that I was going to be like mixing all the medications myself. And maybe there are some clinics that where you go, can do go it. and get it done. Yeah, you'd have to go to them probably.
0: Right at the same time every day.
1: Yeah, at the same time every day because once you mix them, you have to inject yourself like right away. So they couldn't okay. mix them for you and then send you home.
0: Yeah, that's crazy. So wow. that
1: would be that. That's not very practical. I bet I, I doubt there are that many clinics that would do that.
0: Yeah. Well, Allie, thank you so, so much for sharing all of this. I know I have learned even more than I thought I would. Um, And one thing I do want to say, and I actually way should have said this in the beginning, but like I think people confuse egg freezing and IVF or like think that they're the same thing and they are two very different things. And I will be doing a separate episode with either um, a woman or a woman and her husband who have gone through IVF together. But um, I do just want to kind of reiterate that they're not the same thing because I know a lot of people, myself included, have mixed them up um but seriously like i thank you so much for being so open about this and i hope that it's something that people can go through and and feel like comfortable talking about it and feel like they're not the only person going through it but before i let you go is there anything that i didn't ask you about or any like final thoughts that you want to share
1: i think that's it i think i would just reiterate normalize egg freezing
0: normalize you know, like it
1: doesn't it doesn't need to be a secret thing. you know if you mention it casually, it hopefully it can be perceived casually and though it is not a casual thing just in the right. in the sense of like the cost and the investment and the fact that it's a surgery. but I, I just hope that we can make it more normalized and that we can make it more covered.
0: Yeah, for real. Is there anything, and this thought just came to me that you know, like you wish your friends had said to you or done to support you or cheer you on during the process?
1: Um, interesting question.
0: Or anything I that th- any of them did do that was really helpful.
1: A lot of them offered to come over when I was doing my shots, um, and I think that was really helpful. I said no most of the time, be- but that was really just because I was like filming the content for my
0: channel
1: right. and I wanted to show it being alone. Um so I think that was really nice like knowing that you know there were people who would come over and make sure I wasn't screwing something up and you know hold my hand while I was injecting myself that meant a lot.
0: Yeah, I love that and I do think that goes a long way and yeah just remind if your friends are going through it just like remind them you're there for them and and you're there to come over if you need. Um okay, remind everyone obviously where they can find you where they can find your highlight about this.
1: Yes. So I am at Finding Mr. Height on TikTok and Instagram. Um, on Instagram, I have a story highlight all about egg freezing. You have to scroll back a little bit cause I haven't updated. I haven't added something to it in a while, but all of my experiences there, I was video blogging every single day about it. I did my shots live. Um, I also have a few, actually I have a few IG lives that I did with my doctor at kind body and my nurse at kind body.
0: Amazing. I'll share those on the story when this yeah. goes live. So everybody head to the story. Really great. Amazing. Yeah, those were really
1: great. Um, and you can use my code still if you want to check out Egg Freezing at Kind Body,
0: Mr. Height. Mr. Height, I love it. All right, thank you, Allie, and thank you so much to everyone who tuned in. Please, 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 this is definitely an episode that I would love so much if you sent to a friend who would benefit from hearing it. If you and your friends, your group chat, the girls you went to brunch with were talking recently about you know, considering egg freezing or wanting to know how fertile you are whatever it is like send this to them you know we want everyone to feel more comfortable and to know that it's an option and to be able to explore that option if it is an option for them and something that they want to do so please send it around share it to your story if you think that there might be people you haven't spoken to in a while who you wouldn't feel comfortable texting but maybe they would want to see it and hear about it and thank you guys so much for tuning in and we'll talk to you soon
1: Mads, I am obsessed with our brand pillars. You mean vagina sweat, good branding, and being Jewish-blooded queens, Scout?
0: Uh, sure, but not quite. I love that Ocase's podcast and our sisterhood is made up of women who are down for main character energy only, who take care of their mental health,
1: and who are standing in their personal power as entrepreneurs. Oh yeah, that too, Scout, that too. We should probably introduce ourselves. Hello everyone, I am Mads. And I am Scout.